Psalm 107.20. He sent His Word and healed them. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. God has you covered. I thought about maybe using the title for this message is, I've got you covered. <laughs> but I thought, no, that wouldn't look good at the sign at the street. So <clears throat> I always think of that sign at the street. So I put, God has you covered. And actually, this is more accurate. God has you covered. There is so much insecurity in today's world, and I'm not telling you something that you don't already know and have personally experienced, because all of us have had feelings of insecurity. And it seems to me that children are born with feelings of insecurity, that it comes in on the genes. Hospitals are asking mothers to stop by and uh, give a half hour to just hold a baby and rock the baby because the baby, that infant, will feel more secure and more comfortable if somebody holds it near, near them and rocks it. Then as children grow older, they have their little security blankets, uh, some little pink blanket or a little blue blanket. I remember, I must, I'm sure I had some security uh, toy or blanket, but uh, I, I can certainly remember my sister had this little blanket that no, regardless of where we were going in the car or wherever, she always had that little blanket with her all the time. And you'll see children with a teddy bear. They're going to get in the car or on an airplane and they're hugging that little teddy bear and the, the uh, inspector will take it and run it through the x-ray machine, that little teddy bear. That, that child can hardly stand to let loose of that teddy bear in order for it to be x-rayed and then grab it again and, and hold it. And then as we get older, we have our own uh, security uh, blankets or uh, objects or, or things or even people that we we hope in and we believe in that bring comfort to us. We live in a world of insecurity and there is insecurity in our thoughts and in our heart, but God will help us because in Christ there is absolute security and only in Christ. There is no absolutes in this world other than our salvation and our relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're hearing of uh, and we've been hearing this for weeks or months of, of foreclosures on homes. And, and just today, just today, before I came to church, before I have an office in my home, and I, on Sunday mornings I'll turn the computer on just to check to see if somebody has sent through a message or an email uh, prayer request. And uh, a pastor or a minister friend, and this minister, uh, almost as old as I am, uh, told me that his home is going to be foreclosed upon in the ask for prayer. I mean, it, it really got to me. It, it, it's, it's really getting to me even now as I think about it. I mean, he's, he can't afford to do this, uh, have this done to him. None, nobody can, but uh, I have known him for a long time, and he asked that we would, we would pray for him. But to have security in Christ is, is a comfort, is a blessing, is an absolute because everything is changing. People are losing their jobs. They're trying to get new jobs and they're hard to come by. Uh, 
Thank God we're in an area where it, we haven't been hit as hard as other parts of, the, of America, but we have been hit. And uh, some of our people in our own congregation are feeling the effects of the recession. But feelings of insecurity. There are people who have good jobs, lots of money, beautiful homes, great bank accounts. They're using these as their security blankets now. They have all of this, and yet they still have these haunting, nagging feelings of anxiety, of insecurity. When they seem as though they have everything, and yet they feel so vulnerable when it comes to having Trust and faith and feeling relaxed and feeling secure. But to know that you're loved by God, that you, you may lose everything. Job said, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But if you have the Lord and you have his love and you know his love is there. I want to tell you a little story about a little five-year-old girl. Now, I try my best before I use illustrations up here to check them out as thoroughly as I possibly can. And uh, this story comes from Dr. James C. Brown, MD. He tells the story. He says, Mary, five-year-old girl, she has a tumor on the brain. She had a stroke. One side of her body is completely paralyzed. She lost her mother and father. She doesn't have a home to go to. And they rushed her into the hospital to do an MRI on her. Now, I didn't get the rest of the story. I don't know what happened to her mother and father. But uh, Dr. Brown only told this much of the story. And they said they, were, they put her in, the, in this um, uh, MRI, and uh, apparently there, there must be new procedures now because he said back then, used, when he said back then, he said the uh, child had to remain perfectly still for five minutes, and they, <clears throat> they were x-raying her brain. And uh, they told her, they said, now Mary, do not talk for five minutes. Don't talk. And so they put her in there and said in about two minutes they looked on the monitor on the video and her mouth was, was working. And, um, and they heard a muffled noise. And so they, they pulled her out and they said, they explained to her again, said, Mary, it, it's distorting the images. Do not talk. Do not talk. And said she would smile, but her smile was crooked because one part of her body was paralyzed. So they, they put her back in again and, and started... Now, the technician was very anxious. He, there were several of them. They were ups, a little bit upset because this was an emergency, and there were a number of people waiting, had appointments, and they had to get this done. And they looked in again, and there her mouth was more moving again. So they pulled her out, and rather gruffly, the technician said, Mary, we ask you, please, don't talk in there. We can't take the pictures. And she had that little twisted smile on her face. She said, I wasn't talking. I was singing. <laughs> she said, you said don't talk. And I didn't. I was singing. And the, the technicians, they said, they looked at each other and they said, we felt so silly. And the, <clears throat> they said, well, what were you singing? She said, I was singing Jesus loves me. Now, here's a little girl she lost her mother and dad. I wish I knew the rest of the story and I could tell that to you. Uh, she had a tumor, has, has a tumor on the brain, and she was, had a stroke, and, uh, ha- and she was saying, yes, Jesus loves me. You know, there are a lot of people, they're, they're healthy, they're strong. They have seemingly everything, in, materially speaking, and they don't know that Jesus loves them, and they can't sing. 
Jesus loves me. Can you sing Jesus loves me? Do you know that song you used to sing in Sunday school? But do you really know he loves you in your heart? You're, you're not just singing a hymn out of a, te- out of a hymn book, but in your heart you're singing words that you have personally experienced the reality of that love. Have you, have you had that? Okay. We're going to stand up. We're all going to be children again. Only children go to heaven. <laughs> and we're going to sing, Jesus loves me. There it is. <clears throat> Every one of us, we're a little merry right now. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Second verse. Jesus loves me, he who died. Hallelujah. Away my sin, let his little Yes, Jesus. Amen. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Now I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves me and Jesus loves you. And then be seated. Today I'm going to talk to you about the ten, you may be seated, the ten plagues. Not the ten plagues, but the tenth plague that God sent upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians in order to soften Pharaoh's heart so the Egyptians would release the Hebrews and let them go to the land of Canaan that God had given to them, the land that they originally came from. Now they could go back to that land. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation. The Church of Friendship and Joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved. This is what you will discover at the Largo Community Church, located in South Bowie, right off of Central Avenue. But just don't take my word for it. Listen to what others are saying about the church. I'm Herman Hines. I came to Largo Community Church about 30 years ago. And uh, it's really blessed me and my family. We raised our kids here. And we are involved, both my wife and I, in uh, Sunday schools. I teach adult Sunday school and TTC youth. And uh, Largo has just been a blessing. And it's a non-denominational church. we got 13 nations represented here and people from all over the world. It kind of reminds me of uh, what heaven should look like. So if you're looking for a wonderful church where people are loved and the Word of God is preached, this is the church for you. We love it here. The church is located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Mitchellville, Maryland. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. We're going to look at the screen now. We're going to read together Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. Together in unison, on that same night, I will pass through Egypt 
and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Now God was going to keep his promise as he always does. He makes promises. He keeps promises. His word is short. It's infallible. It's perfect. It's going to happen just as he said. And now here is the 10th plague to soften the hearts of the Egyptians, particularly Pharaoh, that he would let the people of Egypt go. Now, here is something very important, and I want you to think about it, and I want you to get it. All the other nine plagues, the Hebrews were exempt. There was water turned into blood, the plague of flies, the plague of gnats, the plague of fogs, the plague of boils, the plague of hail, the plague of darkness, and on and on. All of those plagues, the Hebrews were exempt. It only came on the Egyptians. But here, the 10th plague, everybody who lived in Egypt, who lived in that piece of land or property of geography, including Hebrews, everybody was under this judgment. And so God had to tell the Hebrews as well as the Egyptians, your only escape, your only place of safety and security is under the blood. There you're secure. There you are safe. There you have nothing to fear. There is where I am with you to bless you. Now, the Bible tells us that the, in the New Testament that a number of the Jews were talking to Jesus and they said, we are Abraham's seed. Jesus was talking to them about repentance, coming to God, making their hearts right with the Lord through confession and repentance. And they went back to Abraham and they say, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, repentance and confession, why? We're Jews. We're Hebrews. We are the seed of Abraham. Jesus said in so many words, don't be fooled thinking that you have Abraham's genes in you and you're secure. Don't be fooled. Repent. John the Baptist came. John the Baptist preached repentance to all people, regardless of nationality, regardless of grace, regardless of tribe, regardless of tongue. All people must repent, turn from their sin, turn to Jesus, confess their sin, and in so doing, his blessing of security and prosperity will come upon them. Now, it's a decision that we must make. We don't have to repent. We don't have to confess. We can think, hey, I'm a good American or whatever. I can... I, I've been good, I've done right, and, and use all of that, that ridiculous humanistic rationality, but it won't work with God. It just won't fly. Jesus said only the blood, only repentance, only confession, only turning to him. Paul the apostle said, there are none who are righteous. Absolutely no one is righteous, meaning this, no one is right with God until they get right with God. And they get right with God when they choose to turn to Jesus and confess and repent of their sins. Then they are right with God. 
And that door is open to all people. People said, you mean your way is the only way? No, Jesus died for everyone. He died for the world. And all who come to him can receive him and truly be saved. It is a universal judgment. God's judgment of of condemnation is going to come upon all people. And so we need now turn to Jesus. And there we're going to find security. There we're going to find blessing and protection. Friend, my prayer and my concern is that you, your spouse, your children, or you as an individual, that you have personally asked Jesus to come into your heart, that you have in your heart, in your mind, looked to Calvary and the precious blood that he shed there and said it was for me and I accept that blood over me to cover me from all my sin. I can live life with security. I know I'm protected. I know I'm okay. I'm under his care. I am in his pavilion. I'm in his shelter. Do you know him this morning? If not, this is your opportunity to come to him, turn to him, and truly receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. This is a universal salvation. I want you to look at the screen, and we're going to read Exodus 12.3. Exodus 12.3. In unison, tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his house, Okay, that was verse 3. Now I'm just going to go quickly. Verse 5 said, The animal you must choose must be without defect. The animal you must choose must be without any spot, any defect, anything wrong, as perfect as perfect can be, that animal must be. You must keep the animal so many days, inspect it, and make sure that it is without defect. That's verse 5. Verse 6 says, That animal then is to be slaughtered. And then in verse 7, and here it is on the screen. I want you to read verse 7. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lamb. So now notice, they must choose a lamb without defect. They must slaughter the lamb, and then they must take the blood of that lamb and put it on the houses and uh, over the door and on the doorway, which is the sign of the cross. This was a prefiguring or a prophecy of the coming of the true Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Now, for centuries and millennia thereafter, the Jews would celebrate the Passover. For many years, hundreds of years, thousands of years, they would celebrate the Passover by taking a lamb knowing that this had to be repeated over and over and another lamb, another lamb, next year another lamb. But there was a lamb that was coming that was going to give himself for the sins of the world. These only spoke of the true lamb that was going to come in that day. And that lamb we know to be Jesus Christ. We look at point C in our outline, the universal, all-sufficient caring. This lamb that the Israelites took was to be put over the this top of the door on either side, and then the Israelite was to go in. Now, judgment was going to come on the religious and the non-religious, on those that had the promise and those who didn't have the promise. Those who had the promise must believe the promise and act upon the promise. One thing to have a promise, to hear a promise, 
but now to receive it and to do something. You've got to do something. You can't just say, I'm a church member. I'm a baptized church member. I'm a communion-taking church member. No, you must turn to Jesus and have a personal experience and personally know his love, just like little Mary knew his love. You must know it that sincerely. He will give you that assurance. The Jews kept looking forward, not knowing when the true Lamb of God would come, but they knew that this act, this Passover, that tonight when the death angel begins to pass through the land of Egypt, Egyptian, Hebrew alike, no one is exempt. No one. The death angel is coming. And the firstborn, whoever was born first in the family, if you didn't have blood on your door, on your house, on your home, on your family, and everybody could, if you did, your children are safe and the firstborn are safe. If you don't, the death angel's coming. Listen, friends, God is a righteous God. God is a true God. But we cannot play around with God. God is a sincere God. He is an almighty God. He does not excuse anybody, but he includes everybody who will come to him and believe on him. You're included if you will believe. He encourages you to come. He yearns for you to come. He wants you to come. He gave his son so that you could come into his kingdom. You have a lamb. His name is Jesus. Say that. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. You have a lamb. His name is Jesus. For centuries and millennia, the Jews were looking for this lamb. And then John the Baptist comes. And John the Baptist is baptizing converts in Jordan. When he puts them down into the water, that signified death to an old life. When he pulled them up out of the water, that signified a new life. I died to my old life of sin, my old habits, my old lifestyle, my old selfish ways, my own humanistic reasoning, and I've come up a new person in Christ. And John the Baptist was baptizing. He puts, I don't know how many down, but one he was bringing up. And when he was bringing that one up, he looked up and there standing on the shore of the Jordan River was the Lamb of God. And John said, there he is. You've looked for centuries. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's Jesus. Jesus is the one. And in turning to Jesus, there is security. Friend, this world is not going to last that much longer. And if it does last long, when you go, you don't take nothing with you, <laughs> anything at all. But you can have Jesus. You can take Jesus. You can have Jesus now, the security of Jesus now. You can lose everything like little Mary. You can have that childlike, simple-like faith and know that you're secure in him. You don't need all these toys and things and entertainment to keep you happy, making you feel safe, making you feel secure. You can feel secure in Jesus, and that's a perfect security. Now, I want you to read Colossians chapter 1, verses 12, 13, and 14 in unison. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. In the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. 
and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You don't have to be subject to the fear of death, to the fear of the kingdom of darkness, for today he's going to transport you into the kingdom of light. Give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have already done so, do it again, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Shall we bow before the Lord? Amen. We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris with some concluding thoughts. Hello, friend. I'm Pastor Jack Morris, thanking you for partnering with me in reaching those who are hurting emotionally, mentally, physically with the healing word. Your prayers and financial help are greatly needed. Please help me reach the lost with the message of God's saving grace and those who are suffering emotionally, mentally, and physically. Go to the Largo Community Church website, largocc.org, that's L-A-R-G-O-C-C.org, and click on The Healing Word. Thank you for your prayers and financial gifts that make The Healing Word outreach possible. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.